welcome to episode 27 of the Glasgow Motorway Archive podcast. A podcast about the history and construction of the city's motorways and expressways. I'm John Hassel. And I'm Stuart Baird. Hello, John. Hello, Stuart. How are you? I'm fine. Episode 27 already. Tell us, what do we have coming up this time? Well, we are heading back towards Glasgow. Back west, sort of, to talk about the M80. And hopefully talk a little bit about the M876, if we have time. I think we will. That's one of these routes that gets mentioned a fair bit these days, the M876. People asking questions about that. So, yeah, Yeah, we're here. We've listened. Now, we have spoke about the M80 before, but it was a while ago. It was like Podcast 6. Yeah, it was way back. Way, 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 way back Podcast 6, as and you say. we've got so many more listeners now, so it would be a shame to miss this wonderful motorway out. Yeah, yeah, and we've it. got lots of facts and figures and lots of yeah. new facts and figures since we initially discussed the M80, so we're going to bring you some of those as well. Uh, I'm sure you will be fascinated, as always, with yeah. that. Uh, well, what, what else have we got, Stuart? Well, we need to get through some more listener questions, and in particular, those ones that we haven't answered the last two episodes we keep running out of time don't we so we've got a couple of those we'll do them first and then we'll take some specific m80 questions okay and we'll do that and then i'm going to tell us one or two things about upcoming archive features as well okay other than that how's things yeah not too bad we're still in isolation together yeah yeah there's not much i can say about that looking a bit downbeat over there Stuart. it's getting to you same nothing same nothing (laughs) Uh, so yeah and i'm sure obviously everybody else is in the same boat so hopefully these podcasts are keeping people interested Uh, Mm -hmm. interestingly enough podcast 26 about the Edinburgh city bypass did very well continues to do very well it's good to see some interest in the east of scotland for a change it's it's my new baby that podcast after the m90 it's one of these routes (laughs) that people love to hate um and i think they're they're kind of fascinated by the the details about it we will hopefully revisit that topic again as more information becomes available you know so yeah we have had quite a few people get in touch afterwards say well actually this and you should mention this so yeah no we actually have more info on it yeah we like to to do our follow-ups and we'll all do that as as we go certainly will right but we just get straight into the ME today let's do it let's go for it man all right let's go for it then Righty-ho, M80. So rather than you doing the introduction, as usual, it's going to be me this month, isn't it, or this this episode? Yeah. Uh, the M80 is a road that I know a reasonable bit about. Oh, okay. um, I have been educated recently, however, uh, mm. and I think that is a good thing because we did have some gaps in our knowledge mm-hmm. um, about the route. Um, I had focused mostly in the past on the steps bypass aspect of the because M80. I can understand that because it's it's closest to Glasgow, yep. isn't it? It's, it's at of... the Glasgow end. It was Strathclyde designed. Mm. Um, it was that kind of nineteen nineties era when things finally started to move after ten years of doing very little. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so yes, yeah, so it'd be an interest there. But the route as a whole has an interesting story behind it, mm-hmm. and it really starts with the A eighty. Oh, um, okay, of because course. the A eighty as a trunk road between Glasgow and Stirling, mm-hmm. or Glasgow and Denny, technically had existed since the nineteen twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's important to tell the story about that first. So, yeah. I mean, the original A80 proceeds from you know uh, Glasgow Road, sorry, Edinburgh Road, Cumbernauld Road Junction on the A8. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just the uh, Deniston, just up yeah, from that, Deniston, well, that's Hill in, in town. Yeah, yeah, Cantine area. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So the, that's the historic start of the A80. Right up Cumbernauld Road. If you didn't know that, you know that now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, up through Steps, yeah. Moody's Burn, uh, Muirhead. All these wee local towns, villages. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there went rural. 
And it was rural in nature all the way up to Cumbernauld Village, which obviously existed yeah. before the new town was there. Mm-hmm. And it was on this very windy, weavy, old-style alignment for a route. And if you look at any old Ordnance Survey map or anything like that, you'll see the AA taken up through Cumbernauld Village. And actually, the original road is still there in the village. You can go and walk along it, and there's still some old cat size and some very old lining still there that you can see right in the middle of the residential area. I did not know this. Well, I have been into the historic Cumbernauld Village yeah. a few times. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's worth going for a look. Um, it then intersected with the original A73, um, and then proceeded north towards Hags. And did then, it go through? Uh, presumably, would have gone through the arches, just yes, it like did. it does now. Yeah, yeah, yeah it did. Uh, on the old bit of road that you can see, and then up into Denny, and mm. then it then met the A9. Yes, as it was at that time, and then the A9 continued northwards, obviously towards so Stunner. Roughly, kind of where the, the A9 is coming from. So, mm. yeah. Okay, so that's that's the original A80. So when it was decided to make Cumbernauld a new town, and uh, increase the population from couple of thousand to potentially 70,000. Mm. Obviously, they had to devise a new road system to cope with the vehicles that were going to come with that. Uh, and as part of the Cumbernauld road system, that we've spoken about many times before and mm. that John Cullen was involved in, they took the decision to duel the A80 um, past Cumbernauld on a new alignment and build a Denny bypass, all as part of proposals for a new route towards Stirling and out towards Falkirk. Yeah. Basically taking traffic off of these old style roads. Mm-hmm. Now the dual carriageway A80 that we know uh, basically started in the kind of Crowwood area. You know where the roundabout is at the moment that people like to call Dolly Parton roundabout. You know it's got the pyramids in the middle of oh, it. Oh yeah, I know the one. So that's, that's where the M80 kind of yeah. used to end for ages. That's right. Yeah. So the, the original dual carriageway A80 started there mm-hmm. and ran from there all the way up to the Denny Bypass. Oh, Moody's Burn and all these yeah. places. Now yeah, that yeah. was all built in the very early 1960s, very mm. possibly even the late 1950s for one or two of the schemes. Not quite been able to firm down exact dates on that, but we mm. did see some photographs at Historic Environment Scotland that seemed to suggest there might have been some construction in 1958-59, which would tie in with some of the roads in Cumbernauld that were built at the same time. Mm-hmm. Okay, What we do know for certain is that the Cumbernauld Castle carry diversion, mm-hmm. which is a section up past old inns, you know, with the shell garages and the I know, I know and you are, yeah. yeah. So all that section through there, past Cumbernauld and up underneath through Hags, mm-hmm. connecting to the motorway, the original part of the motorway where it goes three lane again, yeah. that was all built around about 1962, 1963, 1964. Mm-hmm. Okay. I do remember this section, it had quite an old school feel to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, before I go north, I'll go, I'll go back, I'll go south again. Mm-hmm. South of Crowbin Roundabout, down through steps and... and, and uh, I'm trying to think, Hogginfield Lock and all, you know, yeah. that part of it, and Cumbernauld Road, that was all what we would call S4. So wide single carriageway with two lanes in each direction, but no mm-hmm. central median. Yeah. Okay, so just white lining basically to separate. Mm-hmm. But still quite carriageway. high capacity urban Fairly route. Fairly high yeah. capacity. Probably had trams on it originally. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that's possibly why it was so wide. Somebody will be able to confirm that, no doubt, that listens, let us know. Um, so that was all wide, wide single four. Mm-hmm. Okay. So fairly urban in nature. A lot of frontage up through steps before yeah. it went rural. And then you had this rural dual carriageway stretch, as I say. So then from Hags, Castle Carey at the Arches, it then joined on with this Denny Bypass that mm-hmm. was constructed again in the early 1960s. And this was two sections of dual carriageway, the A80 heading towards Stirling. Yes, I follow you. Yep. Yeah. Initially, the Denny Bypass terminated at Ingleston. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, Ingleston is not a place that's easy to find on a map. But if you're looking at the M80 today between uh, Bankhead, which so is the M876 junction, junction eight, 8, and, and Junction 9, which is at Pernhall. 
where the road comes closest to the parallel A road, mm-hmm. go in in your satellite view and you'll see an old bit of dead carriageway in there. That was the original terminus of the Denny Bypass Joe carriageway. Okay. Oh, this is this is interesting. I'm sitting here kind of captivated by what you're mm-hmm. saying because you know quite a bit about this. And then in okay. the other direction, in the easterly direction, the A76 branched off from this A80 mm-hmm. and continued as dual two-lane carriageway as far as Falkirk. Now, we're going to come on to that when we get to the, the A76 part later. Right, but okay. the A876, as we know it today, goes all the way to Kincardine Bridge or, or Clark well, Manisher we- Bridge. In those days, it didn't. In those days, the A76 and dual carriageway form only went as far as junction two as so we the, now know the a8 so what you're trying to say a876 was never it wasn't originally a motorway no no opened, no it was dual carriageway no, they, they were all motor they were all sorry they were all dual carriageway to start with so ah. by 1964 all these roads were complete yeah okay now then events started to supersede things okay mm-hmm. and it was decided that we were going to have a central scotland motorway system mm-hmm. okay just so, kind of like the mid 60s at this point yeah now Obviously, they were going to focus on the parts of the system that hadn't been finished or upgraded recently at this stage. So what that meant was that the initial motorway focus was on the Stirling Bypass. Now, that's Mm -hmm. technically M9. But the section Mm -hmm. of M80 from Ingleston, from that old terminus, all the way up to Bannockburn, where it meets the M9 at the moment, Mm -hmm. that was all part of that scheme. And that came along first. Mm -hmm. Okay, so when we're talking about the history of the M80, the first section to open was as part of the Stirling Bypass. Yeah. Now, because they decided that they were going to build that as motorway rather than dual carriageway, they decided, well, hang on, we've got this high-quality dual carriageway to the south here that connects onto this. Why don't we just make that motorway as well? Mm-hmm. So the decision was taken to convert the Denny Bypass, so that's mm-hmm. the section of what was A80 and A876, to motorway. Mm-hmm. And in May 1974, all this work was finished, and that whole section, see, from Hags. Castle Carey, all the way up to Bannockburn, then became became M80. Yeah, a blue line on a map. Blue line on a map, dual two-lane motorway, with hard shoulders, in mm. full north of Ingleston. South of Ingleston, you'll see that as you go over bridges, the hard shoulders narrow down. So there's no hard shoulders over bridges, because that's where ah, the original dual But this is what I was going to ask. So surely you've built this, with so all these flyovers and everything, and then you have to take the bridges out. Yeah, No, no, they didn't. They, they just didn't. narrowed the hard so shoulders. So they, they did make it wide enough for, you know, hard shoulders to be to be added on, on some areas, and yeah. then at the bridges, there's yeah. just none. Yeah, and the same thing happened enough. on the on the A876. They stuck hard shoulders on it and converted it to motorway. Well, I know that with the M876, some of the bridges there don't have hard shoulders right. on them. So they, this all makes sense. It's all making yeah. sense now. So right. that was the first section of M80 to, to, to be completed. Now, okay. All of this, the M80 aspects of this work mm. were carried out by Balfour Beatty. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, as part of the, a contract to add these shoulders, plus build the second stage of the Stirling Bypass. Now, as part of the work with the M9, that actually took it up to what we now know as Junction 10 of the M9. Which is Craigforth. Craigforth, right? Um, we're only interested in the M80 part for this podcast. Okay. I'm not going to talk much we're, more we're about We're wafting that. further yeah. east and north the exactly. whole time. <laughs> so we'll leave the M8, we'll leave okay. the M9 out of the equation for the moment. That's another we'll come podcast, back to that in a future folks. podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, in fairness, there's not really much else I can say about the M80 in this part of the world. It's fairly straightforward. I you always know, found no, this section between well, Bankhead and Pern Hall. Yeah. Yep. That long, there's no junctions there. No, it's between just, them. It's, it's long, basically just a long connector between the, the M80 mm. and the M9. It's quite clever, though, if you do think about the way that they've done this with the M80 heading north, 
Yeah. The M9 heading north, and then the M876. But like, you imagine a triangle. Yeah. That's the bottom of the triangle. Yeah. You know, so um, you know, it's actually kind of quite clever how they've done that. That's right. Now, my own research has sort of unearthed some facts and figures. Now, the reason the Denny bypass was required was because you had the A80 and the A9 converging in the same place. Mm. Congestion through there, particularly in the summer months, was particularly bad through the village. And there had been calls for a Denny bypass for a good long while before it actually happened. Uh, you know, so when that dual carriageway came along in 1964-ish, mm -hmm. I think there was massive relief. Um, so, you know, so it, it mm -hmm. made sense to extend all that further north and create nice new fast lines. People links. of Denny have been living in peace ever since. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, that's it. You're right. You're absolutely yeah. right. Now, we don't have individual cost breakdowns for each of the sections, but what we do know is that it was £12.4 million to construct the second stage of the Stilling Bypass convert the M80 plus the bit of M80 to the north of that that was brand new. Also includes a section of the A876 that they converted to motorway, right. although that work was undertaken by Leonard Faircloth, the contractor. Right, okay. All right. I know we're jumping a bit between routes, but you can't talk about this bit of M80 with also it, talking about this that's bit of right, so it, it all kind of the It's all part of one big story, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, you may think that this is complicated and complex, but the story behind this part of the motorway is nothing compared to the bit between steps and hacks. They were the most recent section to yes. open. Uh, but I'm not going to go on to that just yet, because no, okay. now, because we're doing it chronologically, yeah. I'm going to jump all the way back to the south oh. and bring us back to the M8. Okay, And in the highway plan for Glasgow, mm -hmm. people who are familiar with that will be aware that there was plans for a Stirling motorway. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. this is coming mm -hmm. back to me. I know mm -hmm. what you're talking about yep. now. So the Stirling Motorway yep. was proposed to leave the M8 in the Proven area and proceed in a north-easterly direction towards Cumbernauld and then Stirling. Mm -hmm. Now, in the southern part of the route, it was always going to be the case that a new offline section of motorway was required. And it was going to go as far as initially, Stirling Motorway Stage 1, was always going to be dealing with the section within the Glasgow city boundary as it stood at that time, mm -hmm. which is more or less Crowwood, yeah. around steps. Yeah. Okay. So the, the intention was, let's build a motorway, let's build it from Proven, let's take it to steps initially, up past steps, and then we'll leave the other section out with the boundary to the Scottish office. Mm -hmm. Because their Cumbernauld proposals are interesting. So they, mm. they've got their own ideas about what lines and routes they're going to use. So we'll take it so far and then they can they tack can, onto they that. They can make their mind up, okay. So in the highway plan, it was originally proposed that the Stirling Motorway would be dual two-lane. Mm -hmm. It was always going to be dual two-lane at that particular section, the southern section of the motorway, the traffic flows. So this is the bit, just so we everyone knows what we're talking about. So this goes up from Proven. This is from Proven. So where it goes is, under the big railway bridge. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, okay. So that was from, from see, basically steps bypass is what we know as junction one to junction three. Mm -hmm. of the M80. The Rob Royston yeah. junction in there. Yeah. So the plans for the Stirling Motorway were actually fairly advanced in 1975. Mm -hmm. uh, in some of the documentation we have, we can see that the corporation had already decided on the alignment and the routes and, and how wide it was going to be and all those sort of things. It was all nailed down. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, when Strathclyde Regional Council came in in 1975, the brakes were applied mm. and there wasn't much progress. And it's probably about 10 years later around 1985-86, before detailed proposals came forward for the completion of the Steps Bypass. Um, and as we know, it was 1990 before construction actually began, although there were some advanced contracts to do with earthworks. Mm -hmm. And the big famous railway bridge that mm -hmm. we all know and love, the one that looks as though it's far too low until you actually get to it, yeah. that was built in advance of the motorway. 
Okay. All right. The Steps Bypass, finally, opened to traffic in June 1992 mm -hmm. as a dual two-lane motorway with hard shoulders throughout and with a direct connection to the M8. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, as we know, there was some widening done on the M8 between Townhead and Proven to cater that it went for from the dual traffic. four to dual five then didn't yeah. it between 15 and so there was some work done there mm -hmm. okay so 1992 you can leave the m8 at junction 13 the problem mm -hmm. drive on motorway for two or three miles mm -hmm. then you hit a roundabout at crowwood then you're back onto yeah. the dual carriageway section so you can see what they did there the steps bypass took it beyond the single carriageway stretch yeah all right and then connected with the Fairly high quality dual carriageway section. Yeah, bypassing almost like the worst urban bit. Exactly. I mean, I remember, this is the form I remember it when I started driving. Yeah. And I remember coming up that way and there was this, at where you're describing the terminus, Stuart, you'd suddenly go on this sharp right-hand bend that would take you round to, what were you calling it? Uh, Dolly Parton roundabout, that's yeah, it. No, Crowwood roundabout. Crowwood, Crowwood roundabout. You go, well, I think the locals know it as that for I some reason. So, yeah. And um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, so um, you took this this sharp bend and went round went round to the right, but it was so obvious that the motorway was meant to continue yeah, onwards from Because there was point. a couple of bridges in there that were unused that you could see yeah. it was supposed to go north. Uh, so the congestion in the original single carriageway section at A80 through steps was horrific mm -hmm. by the time they finally got the finger out and did something with it. Mm. Um, you know, so so again, Strathclyde did. It was all to do with money and things like that. I don't think there was much protest because people in Steps would have been absolutely desperate to see this bit of road built to get some peace, you know, yeah. from the sheer amount of traffic. I and mean, this was the main road to Stirling in the north, mm -hmm. you know, from Glasgow. Think of it that way. And for, in 1990, for it all still to be trundling through villages, mm -hmm. it's a bit ridiculous, to be honest. No, that's fine. Just before we move on from the Steps bypass, I was talking about this railway bridge. Yeah. Now, I can't remember where this topic came up. Mm-hmm. But something about this, the big railway bridge there, as somebody said, it's it's almost an identical version yeah. of another structure. Somebody, Is this another myth? I you think? Yeah, or, uh, it's a mythical thing. Someone told us that the either I can't quite remember the detail. Hmm. Either the design had been copied from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so the bridge is identical to something from somewhere else. And I think somebody at some point suggested that that bridge had been brought in from somewhere else, but I think it's far too big for that to have even no, been Unless considered. you bring it in in parts yeah. and do something like that, but that would be an interesting That would thing. be interesting. So I don't know. So there will be railway enthusiasts out there who are aware of the history of that, because I know, it, I almost swore there, I know it annoyed <laughs> a few people. Um, <laughs> when uh, Because I think the track through there initially was straight, mm. but when this bridge went in, it put a slight curve in the line. Now, this, at that point, actually, and having spoken to someone who worked in the Steps Bypass, initially they weren't too enthusiastic about even keeping the railway through there. But now that's one of the main lines to exactly. Edinburgh through Cumbernauld. You know, it's all electrified. It's all got mm. passenger services. There's a new train station at Rob Royston. That's right. You know. Yeah. I, I suppose, when talking about the Steps Bypass, I should mention that it differed ever so slightly from the proposal in the highway plan. The mm. alignment is ever so slightly further to the south and the Rob Royston Junction, as it is today, is actually slightly further to the north hmm. than where it was proposed to be but in the highway. Rob Royston's just a dumbbell junction, isn't it, that gives yeah. you access to the retail part, but also to the station. Yeah. Now, there have been some recent developments there, haven't there? Yeah, well, the train station opened in December last year. Mm -hmm. uh, originally, the North Link motorway was supposed to come through. They are coming from the M8 at Junction 11. Mm. Uh, that was obviously never taken forward. Uh, I, in my opinion think that there should be a connection from Avenue End, mm -hmm. um, at Junction 11, right across uh, the A80, 
continuing over the train station and then joining with the M80 at Rob Royston because that then would allow quick and access to this, this new Rob Royston uh, and then Bishop Briggs Relief Road mm -hmm. that skirts up the east of Bishop Briggs mm -hmm. and eventually, hopefully, if they get stage five off the ground, will actually take you all the way to the roundabout not far from Torrance. Yeah. So it's almost like a bit of a northeastern bypass of the city. Yeah. All right, so single carriageway. But if you plugged in that gap between mm. the A80 and Rob Royston Junction across the new train station, you're filling quite a gap in the road system there. You are. You know, bringing fine. a lot of relief along there. Yeah, yeah. that could be something worth they, looking at. They did uh, widen the roundabout service uh, yeah, a there was some, on Rob Glasgow Royston. City Council did some changes in advance of the park and ride station opening in there. So um, they've, they've done some work in there. So uh, yeah, you see, go and check it out. Traffic through that whole area has increased massively in the mm -hmm. last 10, 15 years because as the relief road sections have been built and all the new houses have been built, traffic has started to shift from the A803. So it's actually shifting away from the Springburn Expressway and the Springburn Road through Bishop Briggs. I don't know if you've ever had the misfortune of trying to go through Bishop Briggs in the evening peak. Never never an evening peak. And we've done it during the day. Horrendous. Yeah. Absolutely horrendous. Now, I don't know if it's been improved by the relief road. I would hope so. Mm -hmm. um, but until stage five of that road's finished, you're still going to get people who will go up through the town centre. Uh, you know, so there's been a whole load of changes in there that the M80 has allowed for. Mm -hmm. You know, the M80 was crucial to that. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, steps bypass. I do like to give some facts and figures. We do love facts and figures. Let okay. me just get my costs and details up. So the steps bypass, June the 8th, 1992. The contractor in this case was Tarmac construction which they became Carillion. they became Carillion. Mm -hmm. uh, the cost at that time was 22 and a half million mm. uh, which more or less is about 50 million today uh, you know mm -hmm. uh, so that gave immediate relief to the a80 through steps yeah um so it's a short section of road but i mean that railway bridge is always the most iconic thing on it but uh, you know a sm small scheme yeah grand scheme of things so when we talk about we'll, the most uh, we'll controversial talk about the, bit oh, the icky bit so this is the the, the bit that then went from yeah, so the end of the steps bypass all the way up to Hags. Yeah, so see, as, as I was saying earlier, so in 1992, you could go from the M8 to Crowwood by motorway. Mm -hmm. You were then chucked onto the dual carriageway, um, which was of reasonable standard. No hard shoulders. No hard shoulders or anything like that. And it had some, some frontage and it had uh, some at-grade crossings, I believe, mm -hmm. in the early days. Awful. Yeah, oh, yep. Kilns Junction. Obviously, at Moody's Burn, you had the yeah. traffic lights and uh, Muirhead, there were traffic yep. lights as well. Um after those, you then kind of went rural for a while until the merge with the M73, mm -hmm. which came along in 1971. Mm -hmm. Okay, The dual carriageway continued up through Cumbernauld. Now, the junction with the A73 at this point was roundabout. This, this grade, is what Ocken I meant, Kilns. was Ocken Kilns, yeah. So you had Ocken Kilns roundabout. That was the weak link of the <laughs> A80. I was slagging this in the previous episode when I was talking about Sheriff Hall. Yeah, yeah. This thing made Sheriff Hall look like a walk in the park. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Ocken Kilns roundabout was, was a disgrace. Yeah, and it, and it lasted for at least 25, 30 years longer than it should have. Why have a roundabout right in the middle of this, what was basically a free-flowing dual carriageway well, at this section? As we know now, there were ground issues in there, similar to Sheriff Hall. There were ground conditions that made constructing anything other than a roundabout there difficult. And it was probably done because it was the cheapest option at that time. Mm. But also because the Cumbernauld Development Corporation and also the Greater Glasgow Transportation Study that came out, you know, in that mid-60s period after the highway plan. Mm -hmm. They indicated that they were going to continue the Stirling Motorway M80 on a new alignment that would continue straight from the end of the Steps Bypass and meet straight on with the Denny Bypass M80 up right. at Hags. Okay? 
the A80, as it was as their dual carriageway, was going to be retained as a sort of parallel distributor road for Cumbernauld and for local traffic and, and those kind of movements. Right, I see what you mean now. So the idea was that, well, we'll put a roundabout in there because it'll only be a problem for a wee while, but then the road will lose a lot of its traffic because it'll yeah. be basically bypassed anyway. Yeah. Now, as is typical in road planning in Scotland, mm. because the dual carriageway had only just been built, some were a bit less enthusiastic about spending more money on a brand new motorway on an offline alignment. Yeah. And the proposal was always going to be that there would be a, a dual three-lane motorway, at least from where the M73 would meet the M80 all the way north. Mm. That would tie in with that three-lane section right at the far north where the M876 goes off. And you would have the two-lane stretch coming in from the steps bypass. So a dual three-lane, or dual four-lane, dual three-lane motorway, yeah. I think, as I've heard it. Yeah. These now, anybody, could go wrong? anybody who knows anything about the history of the M80 will know that this was known as the Kelvin Valley option. Okay. Because this particular plan for the road would take it through the Kelvin Valley. Which is north of Cumbernauld. North of Cumbernauld. Mm, right. And it would pass quite close to Kilsyth. Mm-hmm. So it would be, you know, if you think of where Croy Station is, very near Croy Station, all right, mm-hmm. where all that all that housing is in north of Cumbernauld now, through that pocket of land in there, mm-hmm. okay? And this was the more or less accepted proposal for, certainly through the 1970s, yeah, it's going to go through the Kelvin Valley, yeah, it's going to go through the Kelvin Valley, okay, early 80s come along, yeah, it's going to go through the Kelvin Valley, congestion starts to creep in to the mm-hmm. A80, and then suddenly it's, oh, okay, we're going to have to do something about this motorway. What one are we going to do? And people kept leaning towards, yeah, let's do the Kelvin Valley. But then somebody made a suggestion, well, hang on, this dual carriageway is quite new. Why don't we just widen the dual carriageway and just keep an, it on, an online, an upgrade. online upgrade? Yeah. And then people saying, like, oh, yeah, okay, that might be an option. And yeah, yeah, it's getting, it's getting life expired now, so we're going to have to do some reconstruction of this E80 carriageway anyway because we're approaching the 90s by this point, so mm-hmm. some of it's approaching 30, 35 years old. And uh, that started to gain some traction as well. Mm-hmm. Now, we get to 1997, and there's a big change of government at this point, mm-hmm. and there's been one or two studies done, and they're still leaning towards the Kelvin Valley option. Yeah, it's the okay. best possible option. It's the best possible option, here. yeah. Then, we have the Strategic Roads Review. Mm-hmm. in 1999 and there's various studies and things done again holding it up another period of time and the roads review comes through in November 1999 publishes its findings and it says no we don't want the Kelvin Valley and I personally think it's a bit of a fudge mm. they used the the excuse that it would have an adverse effect on a section of the Antonine Wall now okay. my view is having looked at the route proposal in detail I don't think that the effect on that particular stretch of Antonine Wall which is obviously historic thing mm-hmm. would have been as great as they implied mm. and i do often wonder if the executive were more interested in avoiding yet more anti-road sentiment by you know proposing yeah. this offline because we've got to remember the era that this was in you know when a lot of these protests were going on yeah. it wasn't particularly pro-road building in the That's late right. 1990s so i think they fudged it and yeah. used that as an excuse and said, yeah, we're just going to go with the online upgrade, which actually was, they argued, was going to be slightly cheaper, not majorly cheaper, mm. but actually was going to have more of an adverse effect on the, the local population of Cumbernauld. Mm. And they admit that in the Roads Review document in 99. They do say, well, you know, actually the benefits of uh, the Kelvin Valley option far outweigh the online upgrade, but because of this effect on the Antonine Wall, we just can't contemplate taking it forward. Yeah, yeah. so let's just upgrade. Let's but upgrade. That, but sure, that can't all be bad. I mean, you've got this dual two-lane carriageway. Yeah. You're then going 
going to go and grade separate it. You're going to chuck another lane in each direction. So you're going to end up with this dual three-lane motorway. And you know what's even, it's quite good? You've already got a place of severance where the road is. So you, you're upgrading an existing corridor. Do you know what I mean? Well, so, I mean, it can't all be bad. No, but it is. All right, okay. And it's bad for a number of reasons. So they didn't just say in 1989, yeah, let's go ahead, let's get this built. No, they referred it to another study. And we had the Central Scotland Corridor Study that looked at the M80, mm -hmm. E80 upgrade, but also looked at Bailson at the new house because they postponed that as well, as we've spoken about in previous podcasts. There's a whole saga, political saga behind that one as well. Mm -hmm. And the M74 completion and various other public transport things. So they looked at all these things in tandem. And eventually, eventually, in 2005, it was determined that, yeah, okay, the need to, to upgrade this road is, is here. Because they, they knew, the executive knew that they were delaying things a lot, they brought forward the upgrade of the Ocking Killens Junction. Mm. So by 2005, that had at least been grade separated. So the roundabout was gone and the flyover was in and we had some slip roads. So that was all built in advance of the motorway coming along. Because but built in such a way that it would accommodate Accommodate future widening. They knew fine well that Ocking Killens was going to be a nightmare regardless. And just like how they slapped the hard shoulders onto the Bailston and Newhouse stretch of E8... Auckland Kiln's upgrade was a t this sort of temporary quick fix to mm -hmm. try and deal with the chronic problem in, in lieu of the bigger work coming later. Yeah. So eventually they got this consultant's report and they said, right, okay, if you're going to go ahead with this online upgrade, what you need to do is you need to extend the steps bypass as dual two-lane motorway mm -hmm. all the way to Mullinsburn, which is where so the M73 comes, comes in. comes yeah. in, right? From Mullinsburn at the M73 mm -hmm. to Auckland Kiln's, Mm -hmm. Or to Lowood. Lowood, which is the Cumbernauld Junction. Cumbernauld Junction. You're yeah. going to have to widen it to dual four lanes in each direction. Makes sense. A two-lane yep. motorway meeting a two-lane motorway, two yep. plus two, four. Yeah. Absolutely. And a lot okay. of drop-off of traffic to Cumbernauld. Okay. And they then said that from Lowood through Auckland Kilns all the way up the hill mm -hmm. to Hags, yep. Castle Carey, you need dual three-lane motorway. Right. And okay. that will accommodate traffic as it is at the moment and allow enough inbuilt capacity that if there's incidents or issues, that it can accommodate those, but mm -hmm. also that it'll stop shedding of traffic onto the local Cumbernauld road system. Okay. Okay. Now, at this stage, they say, yeah, okay, that sounds like, like a sensible proposal. Let's move forward mm -hmm. with that. And they have at that time, they had three separate schemes. So we know it as the M80 completion, but initially the Scottish Executive had three distinct construction schemes moving forward so there was the Moody's Burn Bypass which was yeah. the extension of the Steps Bypass yeah. they then had the dual four lane section from Mullinsburn to Lowood mm -hmm. and then there was going to be a final contract that took it from the Auckland Kilns Junction up the hill to the existing M80 at Hags right. now at some point down the line they realised that actually it made sense to combine it into a single contract but around the same time someone made a decision to ignore the consultant's recommendations and keep the existing uh Lane width between Auckland Kilns and Hags. So that was Carry two lanes. Right, okay. Yeah, but we're going to get a hard shoulder, mm -hmm. but we weren't going to get an additional running lane. Right. Now, now there's, there's your problem. There's nothing on the record about why that decision was made, why the consultants were ignored. But at that time, the Scottish Executive had a policy to cap traffic flows at 2001 levels. Mm -hmm. And all I can assume is that it was thought that by adding an additional lane that 
extra mm-hmm. traffic would come and use the road. It would stop using the common old road system. It would actually be attracted to the motorway, which would be the more attractive option, mm-hmm. which is kind of the point of it. Yeah, I was going to see, would, you, would it be a bit silly not to go, well, I hope people don't use it. And people stay yeah. in the town, polluting the town, yeah. if you know what I mean. Meanwhile, we yeah. have huge expansion of Cumbernauld happening at the same time uh-huh. and a huge increase in commuter traffic because all these new houses, private developments are happening on the outskirts of Glasgow. Car dependent. More yeah. and more and more. Remote to public transport hubs. Mm-hmm. No buses. Train station 15 miles away. Easy just to take the car. Mm-hmm. All these cars, meanwhile, are piling onto this road. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I think they thought, okay, we maybe should just maintain that dual two lane, just not to make the corridor too, attra- too attractive. So that's what mm-hmm. happened. And they that's then, what we've got. That's what we've got. So they then moved forward. Uh, a contract was let. And in 2008, construction began on the £320 million M80 completion. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was completed on schedule in 2011. It's a DBFO, which is a design, build, finance and operate project, which means it's PFI. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a 30-year contract. Uh, so we're nine years into that 30-year contract, uh, which included maintenance and things as well. So we're more or less locked into the fact that there's always going to be two lanes mm-hmm. of traffic. Now, what, what seems very short-sighted about this approach is that from day one of the completion of that project in 2011, congestion never left the road. The same congestion that affected the A80 mm-hmm. more or less continued to affect the new M80. Mm-hmm. Now, they did add a climbing lane on the southbound side, approaching Cumbernauld from, from Hags, from Castle Carey Arches. Yeah, you know, so you get three right. lanes so you as far as Lowood. But for some reason, they didn't do that on the other side, coming up the hill from Auchin Kilns to Lowood. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, Old Inns. Old Inns. From yeah. Auchin Kilns to, to Old Inns, mm-hmm. they didn't add the climbing lane on that and side. That is where you get the biggest problem. Because you mean, get those slow moving trucks. So, this is a road uh, I've, I've screened about before because yeah. uh, I used it all the time and uh, it, it was horrific. There's the a high, it can be high about proportion. half an hour to 40 minutes yeah. you can get caught in that. There's a high know? proportion of HGVs on this route for obvious reasons. Because it's, it's the main, it's the main route, the route north. going north, not just not just from Glasgow or some yeah, of these local from areas, the but from, the, from, yeah. from England. Exactly. You know, because a lot of stuff is coming up the country. Yeah. You know, and you and get elephant racing mm-hmm. on the climb coming up the yeah. hill. So these oh, HGVs are HGVs. So. Yeah, I, and it's I, a mixture of local traffic as well because there is junction hopping going on there. Exactly. So let's go back to you talking about that that Kelvin Valley. Yeah. That would have been like a northern rural whimsical expressway. Oh yeah, the Kelvin Valley motorway would have been a rural motorway. Exactly. With, you know, spaced out junctions. There would be one exactly. of the M73. There might have been one with Scythe, and then that would have been it until you got to Hags. But yeah, and then the old A80 would have been retained, and yeah, this yeah. would have been the local corridor. Yep. But now we have something where it's like the worst of both worlds. So you've got the national, the regional, and the local traffic all on, all the, on one the one thing narrow corridor this wouldn't be such a problem if it a bit like what we have now with the m8 completion between Bellis and newhouse you have these parallel parallel carriageways that run like collecting and distributing the traffic yep. or wide enough but it hasn't got either of them that's it's right dual two lane yep. between lowwood yep and to have spent 320 million on that and have very little benefits yeah. i've heard ridiculous arguments about this like locking in the benefits and stuff it, it is bad to spend so much money on a road and, and end up with this result where well actually you still have the same congestion on it yeah the only thing just let's i i always find when we, this this subject comes up we, we slag off the m80 as a whole but let's not forget about the little bit that actually goes from steps 
right up to where it meets the M73 at Monsburn. Yeah, that all works very well. That's dual two lane. That's yep. very rural, and that's that was a massive improvement. Yeah, because I remember the old section going through with the speed cameras and the staff junctions and stuff like that. It's much better. So that section, gold star. But beyond there, I mean, we did actually get dual three between Monsburn and Low Woods. Yeah, and that that is good. Oh yeah, but that sorry that I should have said that was supposed to be dual four. That was supposed to be dual four. They cut that down to dual three. Dual three, which again yeah. seems mad because it is dual four initially with the merge coming from the south on the M seventy three. You have this yeah. initial lane for about three four hundred yards, and they then chop it off. Mm. You've then get about five hundred six hundred yards of, of dual three, and then you've got a, another it widens again for the fourth lane going off to Cumbernauld anyway. So mm-hmm. for the sake of an extra few hundred yards, mm-hmm. it could have been dual four. All Both ways, anyway. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, I the whole thing just seems like a fudge. It's awful. Yeah. to be honest with you, uh, it does have some Glasgowish gantries on it, though. We got them. That was a good thing, right? It does. Uh, yeah, they're, a bit of, <laughs> they're to to an extent. We yeah, got some. They're, they're an interesting combination of old and new. Those gantries are grey, which they're they're Glasgow styled. Glasgow styled. Yeah, yeah, that we got on them. Yeah, that's about as much as we can say about those, to be honest. They're yeah. not bad, I suppose. You know? Do you know, there are some things I like about it. What they actually done with that M73, M80 tie-in, that's quite a clever little junction up there. I mm. like how they, they tied there, because there was a local... It's not just a fork. Mm-hmm. Well, it is a fork, but they've got these local roads going in and about it as well. So you can make yeah. these turning movements. I, and I remember being amazed. That, yeah, we can get the third lane. But, mm. oh, yeah, you can come north on the M73, then go south on the M80. Mm. You know, I put what a pointless manoeuvre. Mm-hmm. You know, if anybody's going to do that, I don't know how many people do that. You can mm-hmm. also go off and use the old E80, which was still retained as a as a parallel road down through Murraysburn. It had to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there's some, inter- there's some interesting decisions in that job. As I say, the fact that you can go south on the M80 from the M73 northbound, mm-hmm. which I think is unnecessary. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's an interesting one. I'd like to talk to the person who, who made some of the decisions in that original scheme. And There's see a lot why, of different why, why. things going around. I mean, uh, how much how much did they save money-wise by not adding that third lane? Well, I, mean, I know that there's some structures that would would have to be changed. If well, they widened the most of the structures anyway. They did. Auckland and Kilns was left like that. They could have got it over old so ends. An, an extra three and a half meters. But Castle Carey was always the problem. That was the tricky bit because well, of the arches. We're going to come on to that because there's a question on that. So, we'll not, so there is. We'll not preempt that. Now, yeah. I think we better quickly talk about the M876. Yes, let's do that. Um, so the 876 existed, as I said, partially. So about half of its length mm. existed up until 1974. Um, or, sorry, actually later than that, 1977. So with, with the M80 get priority and was then widened and changed to motorway, this wee section of M876, half of it uh, existed for a few years. It wasn't until 1977 that they finally let the contract to extend it from Broomage mm-hmm. all the way to the M9 and to towards a uh, Kincardine Bridge, mm-hmm. and that eventually opened to traffic in 1980, and that was a continuation of the dual two lane motorway. Um, it's a fairly nondescript motorway. Well, um, I used to think this until I went onto it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, heading, um, it's always funny, Stuart. Would you say that the MH76 is a northbound, southbound motorway, or an eastbound, westbound motorway? It's an eastbound, westbound. Okay, all right. Well, that's the way I'm going to refer to it. Okay. Um, so uh, uh, heading eastbound was always very, very good. Um, it, it works very, very well. But going westbound, coming back, it does back up a lot because of the M80. But when you say nondescript, it's got some fantastic sections, actually. They're in quite deep cutting. Uh, the particularly high overbridge as you're coming up that hill, 
uh, between the two intermediate junctions on the road. So it does have some interesting feel. Oh, and it has a funny little spur on it as well, which I think somebody's going to ask. Yeah, there's a question about that. So so. Why don't we just chip in with that now? It makes it makes sense to. Yeah, yeah. Would you like yeah. me to look it out? Yeah, let's, let's get that question. Right, so this, this is, uh, we got a tranche of questions here about the MH76, so let's just get them get them done just now. <laughs> so these were asked by um, Chris Kajawa. Okay. Chris Kajawa. Yep. Uh, and this is on Facebook. Uh-huh. <laughs> Chris, is, Chris is not messing about, he's got four. So he says, how come the slip roads at Larbert are so long? They're the only place I know I can be doing 70 miles an hour before even joining the motorway. That was the original terminus of the E876. So when I said that the E876 only existed in half its length initially, Mm. that's where it ended. And they left these two forky-type long slip roads because they needed to connect into the existing trunk road to the south, um, Mm -hmm. but also because they had the intention of pushing that road further east eventually, so they had to leave an allowance for that. So that's why they separate. And, that's and, right, this yeah. is the Glenbervie Spur. Glenbervie, yeah. Glenbervie Spur, and uh, yeah, it's it's interesting for that section that you have. It, it's um, And it's 70 mile an hour. Yeah. Now, I believe the contractor for this scheme uh, was also Balfour Beatty. So the section that took it from Glenbervie out to the M8, uh, up to the M9, and beyond, that was Balfour Beatty as well. And we think it was around it was around 6.2 million, but that included a piece of M9 as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can't give you a specific breakdown on that. Again, Something we could maybe know more about when we start to cover the M9 as yeah, a project. exactly. That'll be a podcast. Yeah. Um, so, no, that answers that. So I'll come on to his second question. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he says, uh, is the northeastbound, so eastbound, uh, exit slip road at Denny... Um, a needlessly tight bend, or is it just me? He says. Now I know the one he's talking about. So this is the first junction you come across um, as you come. This is at the bottom of the hill. Oh yeah, that's the here. one with the bendy sign, isn't it? That, that so illustrates this, that on the, the approach. I love that sign, yeah. and it goes round um, and the River Karen. It's like a lilo type junction. That's yeah. there. Now the reason for this, uh, yes, it is quite tight, uh, but the reason and it, it's like that is originally, as Stuart was saying. The road was actually constructed as all-purpose dual carriageway, yeah, yeah. so it wasn't quite much motor, lower standard, much lower standard yeah. in, in specification that you would have for a motorway, and that has just been kept. It's very similar, actually, in some ways to the Bargetti Junction on yeah. the A8 or the Old Shorehead Junction. John, mm-hmm. as John Cullen used to say to me, it's mm-hmm. only too tight if you're going too fast. Very, very true. I'd so, like to know what figures there are for accidents on that. But do you know the thing is, I can kind of see his point, because mm-hmm. if you're on a motorway, blue signs, and then suddenly you come off, you're like, whoa, this is really, really... Yeah, this I is think really, it's got really a 30-mile-an-hour really limit on at that bend. Or... Something like yeah. that. I mean, it's not one I've only driven in it once. Mm-hmm. So we'll go on to uh, his third question. Is is the little road that goes through a different arch at Castle Carey technically the hard shoulder or not? I've seen different opinions on that. It is so, a hard shoulder legally. Mm-hmm. It is a hard shoulder. It's not it a lay-by. It's not, it's not a an emergency refuge. Not an emergency refuge. It is a hard shoulder. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned earlier, had they built it as dual three-lane motorway mm-hmm. all the way up to Castle Carey and up to Hags, mm-hmm. not only would the hard shoulder have been going through that arch, but lane one would have been going through that arch as that well. That would have been crazy. So you've got this three-lane section of motorway. Yeah. And so you're in lane one. Yep. You would have suddenly been peeling off. Yep, your carriageways would have diverged. You would have had two lanes going one way, one lane going the other by a hard shoulder. Technically, we have a four-lane carriageway going through. Now, there. isn't there somewhere in England where this? Oh, sorry, four carriageways. 
Isn't there somewhere in England you know, where the carriageway is actually split in the uh, middle? Do you know, at the top of my head, I don't know. I'm thinking M60 at Stockport. I'm was, thinking there was somewhere where... No, it can't be M60. Uh, there's somewhere where, in an it's, English motorway, where carriageway actually squeezes through an old viaduct or something and it splits into bits. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think there is. Could be worth investigating. It's not M62. I was thinking, I, I was thinking at Manchester, I, Robert, yeah, South, but people, like people who know more than us are screaming Yeah, right they now, can tell us. Not, not too great with English motorways. So. Let us know. Yep. Okay, right. The last last one here, which we have kind of covered, is um, <clears throat> what's your thoughts on upgrading the A80 rather than building the new Kelvin Valley M80 that was rejected as an alternative? Would that have been a better option than we have now? Yes. Well, and I as, can and, categorically and, yeah. say yes. And as, <laughs> and as I said earlier, even the government um, at the time admitted that it was the better option in terms of benefits and, and, mm -hmm. and whatnot. But it was, uh, it was decided not to for one reason, which I can't quite understand mm. um, but I think if we'd had the Kelvin Valley option the A80 today would have been a dream mm. and the M80 somebody has a lot to answer for over this the, M80 it, yeah, in my opinion the M80 would have been a far better road for regional and national traffic today yeah. uh, had that option gone ahead and we're looking at the schematic on the wall now with the Kelvin Valley option and it's sad mm. to look at it and see what could have been yeah and rather than the kind of Traffic hell that is there. You know, now. if traffic continues to grow at the rate it does over the next 10, 15 years, that road will become. They're going to have to. They'll horrific. have to do something with the M80 as it is because it's already it's not capacity. that difficult to upgrade. No, but there you go. So yeah. we can lobby for that. Any other M876 or M80 questions? While we're at just this, just having a look, we do actually have some M80 questions. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, Gordon Allen asks a question quite similar to the last one and says. Would there be anything? Sorry, would there be any way to upgrade the current M80 to at Castle Carry to three-lane motorway without replacing the current arches with a new bridge? So what? Gordon's envisaging a thing where you'd pull down that railway viaduct or have to change well, it somehow. But just going back to what you said, mm -hmm. you'd send lane one and the yeah, arch you would do that. One. You could also have pushed the motorway further to the north and then had it come around a tight bend under a new bridge. Mm -hmm to the northeast of the existing viaduct and then had to get yourself back over. But I think that would have involved property demolition. Uh, that they, don't, they don't like doing yeah. that unless they really have exactly. to. It's just so a shame when the Castle Kerry viaduct was constructed, they didn't envisage a three-lane motorway. Absolutely. And of you course, know. the Kelvin Valley option <laughs> wouldn't have needed to interact with the no, viaduct it wouldn't at have, all. Because it would have, you know, they could have just shut the railway, put the box in and whew, there you go, yeah. put something underneath it. Yeah, yeah. So um, let's have a look. There is another question here. It says, um, this is from Douglas Conway on okay. Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, the Mullinsburn Hags upgrade was a complete waste of money as no increased capacity gains. Not really a question, but a statement. I did He's, say. We can't disagree with no, that statement. No. That's Douglas's no. view, of course, but I don't think we would disagree with it. Well, I, I second it. You know, I, I, I agree with what he's saying. Okay. So... Um, Let's have a look and see if there are any more. There's, there's a few other people who just say statements here. Um, I did ask uh, John uh, on Twitter uh, at Skyfife says uh, That's John Tal or oh it's John Tal from why the East. It, why does it not come up with his little picture there? I don't know. And, and he seems to be. He seems to hide on Twitter a wee bit. Maybe he didn't want anybody to know that's who it was. But I know exactly. that's him. <laughs> okay, he said it should have been built a lot sooner. Yeah, it should have been built probably in the 70s, to be honest. Mm. Les at uh, Les Big Chief on Twitter says, the M80 should have gone through the Kelvin Valley. Yes, I agree with you. Yep. You know, you wouldn't have had this problem just now. You've had more capacity then. Yeah. Something I didn't see earlier, I should have pointed out, that the M876, the M9, the M80, a lot of that at the time was referred to as the Stirlingshire Link motorways. Mm. Uh, you know, so you might see that, that mm -hmm. bandied about, uh, the Stirlingshire Link 
motorways. Uh, again, the, the final sections that opened in 1980 were supposed to open many, many years before they did, but the economic situation mm. held a lot of that up. Uh, obviously, the, the M9 was bypassing the A9, the M80 was bypassing the A9 as well, to an extent, and mm. other parts of the A80. Can I just say something, though, just thinking about what we've been speaking about with the, the, the M90 and talking about the Edinburgh City Bypass before? This is a bit of a screw-up in the West, this whole M80 situation. It hasn't gone so well. Uh, we have got a motorway out of it, and yes, it was better than what we had before, but not not really. Um, but it's still not as bad as a city bypass. No. You know, at, at least it's it's no, it's no probably not in the same league as the uh, traffic congestion that you get, in, you know, in, in Fife and uh, also in the Edinburgh side now. One thing that's disappointed me in the last 10 years in particular is that we now have southbound congestion approaching Bankhead. Yeah. So that's where the M80 and the M876 merge. Mm. Well, now, again, it's the 2 plus the, the, the 2 plus two problem yeah. you've got there. Yeah, you've got, you know, you've got two, two lanes of motor we've been forced into... Well, you've got three lanes initially, but yeah, that narrows well, down well, again, well, you've doesn't you've got two it? lanes from the M80 and two lanes from the 876 going on to three and then going into two. Yeah. There's your problem. See, you could possibly line the M876 and narrow it down to one lane on the approach to the M80 in advance. Could, you could. It would probably help the M80 situation, but yeah. it would back up the 876. Possibly would. I've used that argument with St. James and Whitecart Viaduct mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. It's taking do, lanes out. Do you think more traffic is using the M876? Now, I remember the M876 20 years ago. It mm. was empty. Nobody was ever on that road. It mm. was it was almost a pointless bit of motorway because mm -hmm. it was so bloody quiet. Nowadays, it is busy, busy, busy. And I wonder if people are avoiding the M8 because yes. we know how chronic it is yes. and people are using that M876, that's M9 exactly, as, a, as a, an alternative. Well, that's because I was one of those commuters. I would go that way in the morning, mm -hmm. go M80, M876, M9, and then go home via the M8. Yeah. You know, uh, both were as bad as each other. Yeah. But as years went on, uh, taking that route, uh, you know, it only got busier and busier and busier because the M8 is absolutely struggling. You know, the yeah. rural M8 with it only being dual two lane. All right. Okay. Any more questions on this one? We covered all the M8. I think we've covered all the, the M80 and the M876 questions did slash I, statements. Did we, I say who the contractor was for the M80 completion? HMG no. Scotland. You, you uh, didn't actually. So we've, said, yep, so we've got that in there. It's currently maintained by Bear Scotland on a contract on their behalf for a few mm -hmm. years. Uh, so you will see Bear Gritters going up and down that road. That's right. Uh, they're contracted to do that section on behalf of them. Is there any other um, modifications on the M80? I've remembered one on the M876. Uh, they're converting the M80 to LED lighting at the moment. Ooh. That's all underway. It's one of the last sections of motorway in Scotland for that be. to actually it will happen. Be. And then on the M876... Do you remember yeah. the extra slip roads that were actually added through at Larbert? Oh, yeah, they added east-facing slips at Larbert because the new hospital opened. And that um, was... I don't know when that... Well, that was about 10 years ago it, it now. Must it must be now. It was a while ago. It must be now. Uh, you know... Uh, before the, Fowley Hospital, is it? Is that, yeah. yeah. The council paid for that, did you not I, say? I think they did, yep. Yeah. Yep. It wasn't so. paid for by the government. But that made that, that more useful as well. Yeah, it certainly did. It's a busy yeah. junction. And obviously there was some amendments when the Quack Manisher Bridge was built as well at the far eastern end of the M876. We haven't really we spoken should, about yeah, that too should much, see that. Yeah. The M876 initially ended on a roundabout at Bow Trees, but it was extended by about, what, 200 yards, 400 yards when they mm -hmm. built the Quacks Bridge? And you now end on another roundabout a wee bit further east. Is it Kobagi? 
Come yes, that, that, yep. that's it, yeah. Um, you know, so you now end there. So there was some changes there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously yeah, it ties more into the Clark's Bridge, than it? One of those with Hig- Higgins Newt, I think it is. I'm is it Higgins Newt? Sure. I, I can't remember off the top yeah. of my head. I mm-hmm. could tell you, looking at the map here, but that's right, the grade-separated bow trees. Yeah, that's right. You know, and there's a wee dumbbell junction there now, mm-hmm. and uh, the whole situation there is a lot better. Yeah. Higgins Newt roundabout. Higgins Newt. That's it. So you can take the Clark Bridge on the left, or you can take the Alton Carden Bridge. That's on the, the one. That's the one I was thinking of. that about. part of the world, by the way. Yeah. It's a nice... Nice up there. Yeah, I suppose it is. All mm-hmm. right, okay. So, I don't think I've got anything else to say on the M80. I'll just shuffle my papers here and see if I've got mm, any more notes. No, I should no. say thanks to Graham Yule, who supplied us with some documents again yeah. uh, that helped fill in some gaps. Much appreciated, Graham. Thanks, thanks Graham. as always, for those. Mm-hmm. Um, John, I think we really have to answer that question that's been hanging over us for <laughs> the three podcasts. Okay, tonight. there's this question that was asked. So I'll uh, I'll ask it. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, so this is the one that come f- came from Murphy at Murphy Glasgow uh, to Glasgow. Is that really say the second of April? Yeah. Is that when that was asked? Yeah. Murphy, I'm so sorry about taking a while to get round to this, but it's such a good question. We want to give it justice. So Murphy asks, "Here's a question for you, fellas. Since you're tackling some other topics on the podcast these days." What are your fantasy public transport projects for Glasgow? Maybe something that's mooted in the past, cancelled, or something you guys could invent completely from scratch. So, Stuart, what kind of crazy dreams have you been having for, for public transport ideas? Strathclyde tram. Oh. Oh. Stuart, now we, we showed these off at the GVVT, and yep. to our surprise, there were quite a few people who weren't that keen on this. Yeah, we've done a podcast on it as well. Yeah. I, in my opinion... The Strathclyde tram proposal makes the Edinburgh tram proposal look awful, crap, insignificant. Well, be, well, hold on a minute, because it was an actual network. We've yeah. always said this. Trams work well as networks. The Strathclyde tram system mm-hmm. linked two of the city's poorest areas mm-hmm. with the city centre mm-hmm. and the city's most affluent area. Mm-hmm. So the West End, North West Glasgow, mm-hmm. and the East End, all linked by that single line running from Easter House mm-hmm. in the northeast, all the way down, and it all the way through the city centre, all the way out, using old railway tunnels. Your old railway tunnels and line existing and stuff infrastructure so through the city centre, and all yeah. knocked back after a two-day inquiry on political grounds. Yeah, what was it you famously said about that? Was it the fact that it just came a little bit too early? I think it came too early. It had it came in nineteen ninety-seven. Mm. When, when, when there had been the change of government and the change when of roads approach. were bad and public transport was good I then, think yeah. and then there was a few tram schemes got to go ahead around about that time Sheffield I'm thinking mm-hmm. uh, where else Croydon yeah um, I think that Glasgow's would have been more likely to go ahead uh, obviously it would have been SPT that would have taken forward at that point rather than Strathclyde transport mm-hmm. but same thing more or less um, so I think yeah I think it just came a couple of years too early it was almost a last hurrah for Strathclyde Transport and a lot of people did see that but the bus operators at the time had a big influence on that mm. inquiry oh yes far too much influence the bus mafia yeah we yes. won't see a lot on that we don't <laughs> want to get sued but we've had a few okay. comments from people over the years that implied that some bus, bus operators uh, were able to influence this the views towards exactly that tram it. system. Uh, you know, buses, bus lobbies in particular hold a, hold tremendous influence over local authorities. In those days, they certainly did. I'd say mm-hmm. now less so because bus mm-hmm. operators aren't exactly seen in the most uh, favoured light mm-hmm. anymore because of the service so, cuts and things. Just to stick with your point before we go into my point, mm-hmm. uh, this thing, 
I think the Strathclyde tram would have been a better idea than expanding the subway. Yeah. Not because I, I have anything... I love the Glasgow subway, so do you, Stuart. But you, you, you're you actually going to get more benefit out of... Uh, you, you'll get more bang for your buck by the Strathclyde tram than you would with, with oh, yeah. doing another subway. Definitely. Loop, you because know? you've probably got about four tram lines for the cost of the subway. Well, that's yeah. what I was saying, because Glasgow is actually very difficult to tunnel yeah. in. You know? Trams um, are great. Trams are brilliant if they're done. So, Look at Metrolink in Manchester. Oh, what a fantastic network that wonderful. is. Wonderful. You know, the, no. this we are a poor relation up here when it comes to trams, sadly. Yeah. Although Edinburgh, in fairness, they are extending their line and making... I mean, I love the Edinburgh tram, yep. but um, it's very limited. Yep. Very, very limited. And now they are extending it. The views of Stuart Baird here. Right, okay. I thought you were putting your Public hand up there run... to shut me up, but... No, no. <laughs> Public could run tram system. Yes. Public could run subway. Mm-hmm. Public could run bus network to accommodate and all work together and create a fantastic transport network across the whole conurbation working in tandem with the rail system oh wait Wonderful. we kind of had that <gasps> that sounds like Stran- Strathclyde Transport all over again mm-hmm. yeah shame but that 30 years these later things really cost a lot of money Stuart That's yeah but you have to spend money to encourage it if we're going to get people out of the cars and off the motorways and yep. leave the motorways for what they're there for which is for the crucial movement of goods and people on journeys that, that need to be made because they're going longer distance yeah. or whatever if they're going regional journeys or whatever not to get to their work Motorways mm-hmm. went built to allow people to get to their work quickly. Well, at the time, no, 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 no. Don't you, don't you encourage those people who tell us the motorway was built for commuters because we know fine well it wasn't yeah. built for commuters. So uh, part and, uh, of that motor age, Stuart. Yeah, yeah, but not for the convenience <laughs> of the commuter, as we've said many times before. Uh, and I think all of those public transport proposals would have a huge positive influence on use of public transport in the area. Yeah. Okay. Right. Do we have? Uh, you, my my one, yeah, was, what's your one? Mine's lazy. Uh-huh. Mine's crossrail. Oh yeah, well that's another one that's been spoken because about I've always found there's a ridiculous thing if you're coming from the south side of Glasgow, particularly Ayrshire, that you can't easily get round. Well, you can't really get to the north of the city via rail yeah. without having to get off at Central and then walk across to Queen Street. Yeah, you know it makes total sense to have that that changing line like an interchange at West Street that you can come off and then go along and then they've actually using that old city union line to cut in and we get a few more stations out of it yeah no you're right that's another one that would make perfect sense and there's been a lot of commitments it, made to building that and then they've never oh, come it, there, there, there were real commitments to yeah. doing this and uh, I think the local authority's always been against it somebody's got reasons why they don't want to build it I don't know what they are somebody mm. will be able to tell us there must be some objections I'd love to, to, I'd love to know the, the story behind why Crossrail doesn't happen but that would be mine yeah I think so, yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. That sounds like a good a good proposal. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that wraps up this latest episode of the Glasgow Motorway Archive podcast, episode yep. 27 already. Please continue mm-hmm. to listen. Uh, and thanks for joining us, as always. Uh, I, we know you do. We do enjoy it, as, hopefully as much as we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you visit the website, glasgows-motorways.org.uk, uh, where you'll get all our previous episodes, as well as thousands of articles on all aspects of the motorway system across Glasgow and increasingly beyond as well. Mm-hmm. You can also subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or at Podbean to make sure you never miss a show. While you're at it, be sure to leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends and colleagues about us. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here, be sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for a daily fix. Thanks to Robert Kilcoyne for leaving us a rating on Apple Podcasts recently, a nice five-star review. Uh, oh, thanks for that. We got notified you. of that. We would like to see some more, so if you do enjoy it and you listen to us through iTunes or Apple Podcasts... It only takes you a couple of minutes. Get on there. See what you think about us. Yeah, yeah, only good things, of course. Yeah, and keep visiting the website as well. A final, final, final thing from me: uh, you do know we get we, we do regular updates on our social media channels. Uh, mm. Check them out every day. Nick's on this week, uh, and then I'll oh, be yeah. back in a week or two. Um, 
In a couple of months, Kingston Bridge celebrates its 50th birthday. I am keen to hear stories from people about their Kingston experiences over the year. Did you move because it got built where you lived? Do you use it regularly? Did mm -hmm. you use it a lot in the 80s or the 90s? Have you been stuck on it? Did you know what somebody are your who personal stories? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What are your stories about Kingston Bridge? Get in touch and let us know because we're very keen to hear. And we will include them on the new webpage that's mm -hmm. being devised for the, the Bridge's 50th birthday in June. Okay. And there might be some other wee yeah, things coming up as well. Yeah, please get in touch. It'll only take you a couple of minutes. Yeah. So we'll be back with episode 27 in Twi probably oh, a couple of weeks. Sure, it was going to be episode 28. We're banging them out so quick. We're on episode 27 oh, just now. Oh, sorry. So <laughs> episode 28. So we will be back. Yep. Yeah. We'll see you very soon. Yeah. Okay. So thank bye you. for now. Bye. Bye.